Welcome to Detroit Today on 101.9 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for tuning in. A little later in the show, we're going to talk about the controversy that seems to be engulfing the nomination of Brett Kavanaugh to be uh, a member of the U.S. Supreme Court. We're going to have Libby Casey here. She is an on-air reporter and anchor who covers politics and accountability for The Washington Post, and she is a, the perfect guest for that discussion. She recently interviewed Anita Hill, who accused Clarence Thomas of sexual harassment before he was confirmed to the U.S. Supreme Court. She also spent a lot of time in Alaska and knows Lisa Murkowski, who is one of the senators who hangs in the balance here, one of the senators they absolutely have to have in order to confirm Kavanaugh, but uh, who seems to be wavering in the wake of the news about uh, this p- potential sexual assault scandal uh, that uh, engulfs Kavanaugh. So uh, you're going to want to stay tuned to that segment. It'll get started at about half past the hour. But up first, this fall, every voter in Michigan is going to find a handful of ballot questions when they show up at the polls. And one of those ballot proposals is aimed at accessibility and inclusivity in voting. The campaign called Promote the Vote is asking for voters to amend the state constitution to, among other things, automatically register of age citizens to vote unless they otherwise decline. It would also provide for straight party ticket voting, uh, which the legislature recently took away from voters here in Michigan. And it would provide no reason absentee ballots to anyone who asks. And as I said, there are a lot of other changes involved in this ballot question. The The controversy with this ballot question uh, is whether it's too much too fast, right? Uh, should we do all of these things together at once? Or does each of these issues deserve its own airing. Uh, Joining us now to talk a little bit more about Promote the Vote is Chris Thomas. He's the former director of the state's Bureau of Elections. He did that job for more than two decades. He recently endorsed the Promote the Vote ballot initiative. Chris, welcome to Detroit Today. Thank you, Stephen. Pleasure to be here. Yeah. So let's start with uh, that controversy I I pointed out uh, just in the open there. The idea of balling all of these things up and putting them in one ballot initiative is one of the things that its critics point out as uh, a reason to to vote no on this. Uh, Talk about why that's the right way, from your perspective, to get these things done. Well, I think that holds together as a proposal because it's really designed to make voting easier and cheating harder. So that's really the effort here. And the fact that you put a number of different proposals into one question, first of all, is not unique. That happens all the time. It does. And second, it's they they do hang together. So the it's it's got a, a big uh, <clears throat> emphasis on access, both through the registration process by moving the ch- the closer registration earlier, mm-hmm. um, and on election day. And also uh, access with absentee ballots, uh, which has been a long-fought uh, issue here in Michigan with no resolution. Uh, so there your access is, is increased. Uh, it deals with making elections uh, more reasonable on Election Day, which is dealing with straight party voting. Uh, we've had all this consolidation over the last decade and a half. 
that has created the longest ballot in the United States. Mm -hmm. It was all done with the predicate that we had straight party voting. And now with all these additional offices, all the village offices, all the school offices, Mm -hmm. and now more and more cities being moved to the general election ballot, uh, the voters got a very full plate. Mm -hmm. So straight party voting provides a better election day for voters. And then finally, with um, uh, post-election audits, uh, that's sort of the national initiative right now uh, with all the security issues going on uh, nationally. And um, so that's appropriate to put into this proposal to make it clear that um, accountability and security are are premier. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had uh, Mary Trader Lang, who's uh, the GOP nominee to be Secretary of State, on the show recently, and we were talking about promote the vote. Uh, one of her criticisms I, I found a little curious, maybe even peculiar, and I want to give you a chance to address it. She said, this is something that is being fomented by people outside the state of Michigan, that this is about uh, other special interests trying to get something done that is in their favor uh, and maybe not uh, about the people here in the state uh, of Michigan. Um, how would you answer that that criticism? Well, I'd start out at the root. Um, everybody I've talked to are Michigan people that drafted this, that put it together, that were hired as lawyers to defend it in front of the Board of State canvassers. Uh, there are over um, 320,000 um, Michigan's registered voters who signed this to put it on the ballot. Mm-hmm. Certainly that's not out of state. Um, money, if, if someone's going to say that out-of-state interests are reflected by money, then the whole kit and caboodle is that way our gubernatorial candidates, our congressional candidates, maybe even secretary of state candidates, um, all have out of state money. Um, so it's not, you know, if it's money, then, you know, there is a lot of out of state money involved in our politics and in every other state as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, the political parties that provide money are full of out of state money. So, I don't really see this as something that some group outside of Michigan decided that Michigan should have all these initiatives on their ballot. This is homegrown. Uh, It was circulated in Michigan. It was signed by Michigan voters. And the fundraising has, you know, both Michigan and out-of-state people just like everybody else. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, This is Detroit Today on 101.9 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and my guest is Chris Thomas. He is the former director of the state's Bureau of Elections, a post he held for more than two decades. He recently endorsed the Promote the the Vote ballot initiative, uh, which would make a number of changes to the way that we uh, cast ballots here in the state of Michigan. Uh, it would uh, it kick in automatic register of, of, of age citizens to vote unless they otherwise declined. It would uh, provide for straight party ticket voting, which uh, the legislature recently took away from voters here in Michigan and would provide no reason absentee ballots 
to voters if they wanted. Uh, it would make voting easier, is what advocates say. Uh, some of the critics say this is an effort by outside influences to change the way we vote here uh, in Michigan. What do you think? Uh, should we have no reason absentee ballots? Should we have automatic registering of people who are of age to vote here in Michigan? Would those things make uh, balloting fairer here in the city of Mich- uh, the state of Michigan? Would they make things easier? As always, the number on the phones is 313-577-1019. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page and put comments there or go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today and uh, we will try to work you into the conversation. Tell us how closely you have been paying attention to ballot initiatives so far here in Michigan. We're going to have a number of them uh, when we go to the polls in November. Have you made up your mind about Promote the Vote or the others? Uh, Chris, I want, to, I want to ask you about the burden on clerks. That was another criticism that uh, Mary Trader Lang and several other people have uh, leveled at Promote the Vote. They say that um, uh, things like uh, same-day registration, for instance, uh, would would put more burden on the clerks to have to do more work. And part of the reason that things go uh, poorly uh, sometimes uh, with elections here in Michigan is that the clerks are already over overworked. Why, from your perspective, uh, would this not make the clerk's job impossible? Well, first of all, most of these proposals, a local clerk would never even feel the impact. Mm-hmm. So let's take automatic registration, for example, at Secretary of State's office. We already have the highest uh, level in the, in the United States. We have over 80% of our tra- voter reg transactions come through the Secretary of State's motor voter program. The automatic just changes the question from right now we ask, do you want to register to vote, which requires a yes. And what the federal law says is basically automatic registration, which is you will be registered at the address from your voter registration, your driver's license application, unless you decline in writing. Mm -hmm. So it's all this does is conform to federal law. They'll see a handful more transactions, uh, and that's it. They will not even notice that. Post-election audits, they're not going to notice right away. But those are going to become more, um, <clears throat> what I would call, more intense as time goes on. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're already moving into counting ballots. The no reason absentee, they're already doing 27% vote absentee in our state right now in a general election. So that's going to increase some, but not uh, a large amount. And then finally, election day registration. Well, First of all, it needs to be clear, it cannot be done in a polling place. So mm-hmm. this is not like Wisconsin where people go to the polling place and register. Mm-hmm. You have to go to the clerk's office. Our registration is so high at 90-some percent that there are not a whole lot of people left that would need Election Day registration. That's not, that's not the issue here. It's people showing up to vote, right? It's not the registration. No, that's correct. This is a good thing that people show up to vote. And so they would go to a clerk's office, they would show proof of residence, and they'd show ID, fill out an application, and get a ballot. Um, I don't see clerk's offices being inundated on Election Day. I just I cannot perceive that. 
Um, I I really don't see a huge burden on clerks uh, via this program. Yeah. Uh, It's also true that a a number of other states already have a lot of these provisions in place, and I I, I don't hear about calamitous election days or or maybe more calamitous than our our own, which are already pretty... um, uh, Pretty bad. I mean, if you think about the length of time it takes to vote here in Michigan, especially in urban areas, uh, we're not we're not doing that well in the in the first place. Well, you'll find that every one of these proposals is being done somewhere else in the United States. So there's no no cutting edge here. This is really Michigan catching up. Uh, these are things that should have been considered mm-hmm. and adopted in some form or another over the last ten to fifteen years, but have not been. There are 23 states in the District of Columbia that do some type of election day registration. So um, this this is not new. Uh, they've been in many of those states have been doing it for several decades. And um, there are states like Wyoming, for example, not exactly what you'd call a, a liberal state, for example, mm-hmm. uh, New Hampshire. So these are states that are out there. They've been doing this. It's worked just fine. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, again, 313-577-1019 is the number on the phones. We have a Twitter comment that says Detroit today, uh, Michigan voting ballot in the right direction, but doesn't go far enough. Michigan should establish a voting day holiday, uh, which uh, would, of course, make it a lot easier for some people to get to the polls. Uh, thanks very much for that comment. Let's uh, get to the phones. We've got a lot of folks who want to talk about this issue. Let's go to Vince in Hamtramck. Vince, welcome to Detroit Today. Yeah, uh, thanks, Stephen, for uh-huh. taking my call. Sure. Uh, absolutely love the show. I just had a question. Um, what, what really is the logic for uh, arguing against uh, automatic registration? I mean, it just seems like there's not a lot of traction there because automatically registering someone to vote if they are indeed a rent citizen, all that stuff, it just seems like there's that's just the right to vote. Right. You know? Yeah. Uh, great question, uh, Vince. Uh, Chris Thomas, uh, I'll, I'll let you handle that. What is the argument against uh, when people come of age automatically registering them to vote? Um, there's really, I can find no argument against it. Um, as long as you have what, what we need, which is, are you a citizen of the United States? Have you checked that box to say yes? Um, that, that's the key. Mm -hmm. And this proposal does that. Uh, registration, uh, can become a real burden, particularly for people who are mobile. And what this is doing is, is really, allowing folks um, to just get on the files. Richard Austin, our Secretary of State from 1970 to 1994, Mm -hmm. put the first motor voter program in place on legislation he got passed in 1975. And in 1993, the federal government, the Congress, incorporated that into the National Voter Registration Act. So we've been the leaders in that. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I would see no reason to turn back from that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, if you think about it, there's other things you have to register for um, <laughs> when you turn 18. Selective service is one of the things I think of. If you've got to do that, I'm not sure why you shouldn't also 
automatically get registered to vote. But but of course right. there there are some partisan interests here that are pushing against this. Right? Uh, uh, it, it's tip, typically uh, the GOP that fears uh, massive voter registration. Uh, because uh, because they fear that that people who don't show up to vote now and aren't registered could show up to vote and that it would threaten uh, their majorities uh, in various places. So we should also make a note of that. Uh, Vince, thanks, thanks very much for the call and uh, the comments. Let's go to Robert in Detroit. Robert, welcome to Detroit. Today. Hi. Um, I think all those proposals are excellent. I'd just like to go one step further and say that, you know, uh, the elections for judges, are supposed to be nonpartisan, but a lot of them are incumbents running again. Mm-hmm. And I think we should add a line on uh, the party of the person that appointed them so that we know um, oh, that's interesting. That background information. <laughs> right. Uh, that's an interesting That's an interesting idea. I'm not sure uh, the judges or uh, the politicians would, would support that idea. But uh, that's another, I guess that's another idea for reform. Uh, Robert, thanks very much for the call. You know, Stephen. Yeah, go ahead, Chris. There's a that's one of the arguments on on getting rid of straight party voting. They say people don't go down the ballot and vote for the uh, nonpartisan candidates who Mm -hmm. are primarily judges and judicial candidates. And you know what? That's just not a fact. Mm -hmm. The deal is, is that people do go down when they hit those nonpartisan offices. There is fallout because. People don't know who those individuals are. There's no label on them. Right. But they go right back up to the 90 percentiles when they go to the proposals. So people are going through the ballot. And yes, the lowest voter percentages are with a nonpartisan judicial races. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Again, thanks very much for the call and the comments. Let's go to Gene in Detroit. Gene, you're back. Welcome to oh, the thank you, Stephen. Oh, Good morning. Better connection. Thanks. <laughs> uh, it shouldn't be easier to vote for your favorite performer on American Idol <laughs> than it is uh, to vote for elected uh, officials that represent you. Everything that uh, can be done to make voting easier and make more people vote should be done. I wholeheartedly uh, endorse your guest view. Hmm. Yeah, Gene, uh, thanks very much for the call and the comments. You know, Chris Thomas, it's not just that uh, it's easier in other countries to cast ballots. Uh, uh, and, and I know your expertise and longtime service in the Bureau of Elections let you know this as well, that, that it's it's that Michigan stands out in, in terms of voter access in some uh, ignominious ways, right? Uh, th- there are other states trying lots of things that we have been really hesitant to indulge here in in Michigan. And I know that this ballot proposal is aimed at reversing that, but but can you speak to some of what that historic reluctance is and and why it exists? Um, you know, a state like Colorado is a good example. Uh, in one fell swoop. Uh, they went to election day registration. They went to all mail balloting, so every voter got mailed a ballot mm-hmm. rather than being required to show up or apply for it separately. Uh, they made massive changes in one fell swoop, and sometimes that's the way it needs to be done. And um, 
because it alters the system and you make your adjustments. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, Here, there's been a reluctance in the legislature to focus on access issues. Uh, One bill that's been around and has made progress this year is online voter registration, which I commend the legislature for uh, taking a serious look at. Uh, But no reason absentee has been around since 1990 as an issue in this state, has gotten little to no traction. Uh, Ruth Johnson has a proposal out there that would still require a trip to the clerk's office in order to get that ballot. And even that um, can't get traction in this legislature. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that's where we are. I mean, the, it, it leaves to the people the ability to bring these proposals forward when they feel that um, the issues are not being properly addressed. Yeah, yeah. Okay, Chris Thomas, uh, longtime director of the Michigan Bureau of Elections. Uh, great to have you here with us on Detroit Today. My pleasure, Stephen. Up next, we're going to talk about the sexual assault scandal that has ensnared Supreme Court nominee Brett Kavanaugh. Also, don't forget, if you have to miss any of today's show, you don't have to miss out on the conversation. Just go to iTunes or wherever you download podcasts. Download and subscribe to Detroit Today. Take us with you and listen when you are ready. We'll be right back with more Detroit Today. Detroit Today.